This episode is brought to you by Buzz Vacation Rentals, a premier property management company in Houston and Galveston. Give Buzz a call today if you need help in managing your short-term and vacation rental properties at 281-549-8432 or visit their website at buzzvacationsrentals.com. Now back to The Real Estate Baller Show. Welcome to another episode of The Real Estate Baller Show. In this episode, I will answer this one question because I get asked all the time. So I figure I just made an episode about it. So here's the scenario. Everybody is talking about how much money they make on Airbnb. I'm buying a house or I have a house that I already own. Can I turn it into a short-term rental? If you enjoyed this episode, please write us a review or share this episode with a friend. You are listening to The Real Estate Baller Show. I'm your host, V. Lee. This is the show where I interview upcomers, doers, and ballers of the real estate investing world. I want to bring you real-life lessons and takeaways so that you can make smarter decisions about investing in real estate and accelerating your real estate businesses. The purpose is to help you to reach your financial freedom in real estate investing faster. So, is this the right house for short-term rental? Well, the first and very important question is, can you legally do it? Because in some area, short-term rental is banned. For example, in Sugarland of Texas, you cannot do rental of less than 30 nights. So, first of all, check your need restrictions. And you know, the common response I get, funny, right? The common response I get is this. Well, my neighbor does it. Well, my neighbor killed his wife. Just kidding. <laughs> well, so that's one answer I get. The other answer is I call my HOA and they said it's not legal. Well, you know what? If you call the HOA, they're going to tell you it's not allowed because most HOA do not like short-term rental. So you're going to need to ask for documents in writing to read it review it and check that short-term rentals are allowed. And you also need to further check if for some reason they want to change the bylaws or the deed restrictions, what will it take to make that change? Because I had that happen too. It was allowed and then they changed the bylaw and it wasn't allowed. So that's the first and foremost important question. Can you legally do it? Okay, so... In this quest of answering the questions of, is this the right house for short-term rental? The next questions we want to tackle is, what will it rent for? And this can be really tricky because every house is unique in its own way and its own style, right? Then you throw in the finishing look of the house, the amenities that you're going to put in it. So here it is that no one will tell you. It's a guesstimate. It's not an exact science. So to get this estimate, you need to know the nightly rate and the occupancy rate. And there are tools like ADNA. If you go on ADNA, you put in your address and number of bedroom, I believe it's going to tell you what the rent is. However, I don't trust ADNA because it's scrap data. So they're going to pull 
all the nights that were blocked, and they're going to use a average nightly rate, and they're going to estimate the rent. So it's not a true estimation of rent. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Um, but you know, I always use several sites to compare. So I would go on Airbnb. dot com. I'll go on VRBO. dot com, and I'll look at the other homes in that area. Uh, probably within a couple blocks of where my subject property is, and then I see what kind of rent they're getting to see what each of these property look like. I literally go into and click on each of those link and and see the property. Okay, um, see what kind of future booking they get because you obviously cannot see their past booking. You can only see future. Okay, also look at. Hotels. If there's hotels in the area, what are the hotels charging? And then you can kind of back into your number again. I like I said, it's a guesstimate. So you're just gonna guess to see what your house may rent for a night. And then you know, we use about a sixty percent occupancy rate to calculate. But you in some area you may have a different occupancy rate, right? So we use a conservative number. A sixty percent to calculate our uh, rent uh, projections. So uh, that is how we come up with the rent. And scary as it sounds, a guesstimate. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss another show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Okay. So next is the questions. What will it cost to furnish the house? Because if you're gonna do it for long term, you don't have to worry about the furnishing costs. If you want to do it for short term, you're gonna have to, you know, consider this part, right? So as you do your research on your rent, you should also formalize your vision of the home. Okay, what amenity are you going to include? What kind of finishing look are you gonna have? Because you can spend fifteen thousand to furnish a four bedroom, but you can also spend fifty thousand, so one five and five zero, to furnish the same home. Okay, this is where you gotta spend your money wisely. Spend where it matters most, like you know, buy better mattresses, buy more durable stuff, right? And then you gotta have a vision of what your house would look like because you gotta be competitive. Just like when you go travel somewhere and you look at hotels, right? You know, there's like the Hyatt Place, and then you get the Marriott Town Place and、uh, Spring Hill Suite, and all of that. They are the same category, but they have different rates. So, house is the same, right? So you gotta differentiate yourself from your competitors. So use your competitor as a study, and then differentiate yourself to see how you can set yourself apart, and that will determine what your cost would be to furnish the house. If there's a way to spend less to make your house stand out, well, do share it with us. If you have, you know, if you're really good at shopping and good at furnishing and and make your house look awesome. The other part about this also. Is how will that process look like? Are you going to hire a designer to do the whole work, all the work for you, or are you going to do it yourself? How will the furniture be delivered to the house? Who will put the furniture? Furniture, the you know, the the chair, the dresser, the bed. Who's gonna put that together? Who's gonna hang that picture on the wall? Who is gonna? 
you know, do the painting, the curtains, and you cannot skip out on the blackout curtains either. So do put all of it into your Excel sheet or whatever calculations, you know, if you want to use Excel sheets or pen and paper, but do make sure you include all of it in your calculation, okay? Because it's going to affect your cash on cash return, right? And it's going to affect your cash flow per month. Okay, so now here comes the next part, uh, the next questions. Uh, and, you know, whenever I make a decision on something, I list out the things I need to know, right? That's how I come to my decision because I, I want to use data. I, I want to leave my emotions out of it because I, I don't want to be that impulsive buyer, right? So these are the questions that I ask myself whenever I come across a property when, when a property become available, do we want to convert it short term? When we buy a property, do we want to buy this for short term? So that is my decision making process. So monthly expenses. Obviously, you're going to have your monthly PITI. And we talk about that in another episode. It's the monthly principal, interest, tax, and insurance. So regardless if you do long term or short term, that amount is the same. Okay. So you're going to have your monthly payment. Then on top of your monthly payment, you're going to have utility like water, electricity, and maybe gas. You've got to have internet. You've got to have uh, yard maintenance, pool maintenance if you have a pool. Um, you've got to have maybe cable or a streaming service like Sling, Hulu, Netflix, or Prime. So make sure you add those expenses in, okay? And this... There's also an expense that is a, a maintenance expense. And these are small expenses that guess, damage caused by guests. So for example, you know, they break the toilet paper holder, right? Or a slat on the bed got broken. These are the minor expenses. And I have mixed feeling about this, right? So some hosts want to go after the guests for every expense. But, you know, look, you got to think of it like you run in a hotel, a boutique hotel. So are you going to go after your guests for every little expense? You know, so uh, if you don't care about your five-star rating, then maybe it's, up, it's your call. The other expense also, you got the linens, right? Towel linens. And I will tell you, I have a mountain of stain and damaged towel and linens. Yes, they get stained all the time. Especially the this makeup on the towel. There's, you know, I have no idea what people do with the towels. So, but they get stained and they don't come out. So that's happened a lot. So you just got to factor all of that into your expenses, okay? And and then there's another expense, but I I think we've got to ask these questions before you want to include that expense or not because it may not be applicable to you. The next question is, should you self-manage? Well, do you want a full-time job? Do you want to clean the house if your housekeeper does not show up? And do you want to talk to guests? I mean, if you don't mind any of these and, you know, you're okay with it, then maybe you self-manage. But if you have another job and you want to be flexible and you don't want to have to do with this, you know, any of the aspects of the running a hotel, then you may want to hire a property management company. Okay, so the last and final questions, now that we put it all together, are you going to make money? Because if you're not going to make money, what's the point? Well, 
Maybe you one of those that said, "Well, I get fulfillment, enjoyment, bragging right for owning this property, and you're okay with not making money." But you are one of the very few. So, how do you know if you're gonna make money? It's easy. Will the rent that you receive be enough to cover your expenses? If you're if you get enough rent to cover all your expenses, that could be a win. If you get More rent than what your expenses will be. That's a big win. Here's another win: is when your property will appreciate over long-term hold. So you will also get the equity capture there. Okay. So there it is. At the end of the day, you know, you gotta ask that big questions. With all the rent that you estimate, guesstimate, and with all the expenses that you know. You you know, and this is crazy. In short-term rental, the expenses are easier to estimate than the rent, because the rent is a guess. So, if you're gonna make money, then I say it's the right property. If you won't make any money, or if you're gonna be in a negative cash flow, then it may not be the right property. It's your call, and that is all. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want more, join our Facebook group, RE Ballers, for further discussions of this episode. Wherever you are listening to your podcast, please subscribe to the Real Estate Ballers so you never miss another show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we appreciate a five-star rating, a written review, or if you simply share this episode with a friend.